Hey, hey friend, welcome to the podcast. If you're new, I am so excited that you're here. If you're a returning listener, I appreciate you. So glad that you're back. In today's episode, I am interviewing my beautiful, lovely, genuine, most big-hearted friend, Cassie Schmidt. She was a photographer and has moved into business coaching and what we're talking about today, it's going to be juicy. I'm so excited. So this interview today, we touch on topics around how to create a healthy relationship with social media. So if you were in a space where you're like, oh, I feel like I should be spending less time on social media. I'd like to be more intentional with how I'm spending my time, with how much time I'm on my phone, on screens in general. This is the episode for you. You're going to love this. Uh, Cassie shares with us some of her experiences. She did a one month social media detox last December. She walks us through what that looked like for her, what led her to even wanting to do that. And then she shares some amazing, amazing tips of what helped her be successful and really the fruit that she saw from taking that time off. And then we also talk about just setting healthy boundaries around social media, how to create a healthier relationship with it. So even if it's not a 30-day detox, some amazing practices that you can walk away with to start feeling like less of we're just, you know, mindlessly scrolling, mindlessly grabbing our phone, creating a more intentional relationship with screens and with social media. So I'm so excited. I hope you enjoy this episode. So excited. Okay. So tell us First off, what is your go-to favorite coffee or tea beverage? Honestly, matcha. It could be a matcha latte. It could be just straight matcha. I just live for matcha. Amazing. Have you always been into matcha versus coffee? No, actually, um, a few years ago, I was like, I loved coffee. It wasn't always a coffee person, but I really got into it for a few years and my gut just did not like it. It was like not cooperating with me. Like I always joke, I love coffee, but it doesn't love me back. And so I started exploring lower caffeine options because I learned, fun fact, some people just can't process caffeine as quickly as we consume it. So it builds up in our body and creates things like anxiety and other issues that go like misdiagnosed. Yeah. So long story short, I jumped on the green tea and like chai train. And then I learned that matcha just is, um, metabolized differently in your body. So it's not quite like the jolt of caffeine we're used to. It's more of a steady. And now I just love it. So that's amazing. Okay. So do you make your own matcha lattes at home regularly? Not regularly. Like, so today I've got a local, like, I think it's a matcha sencha blend. Um, but Mm. when I do make lattes, like matcha lattes, I do them at home, but with like almond milk and they're really simple. And when I call them lattes, I really mean, I'm like making the matcha and adding some almond milk. It's not fancy. Love it. Love it. Okay. Amazing. And then tell us where is your favorite place to be or spend time? This is a hard one because I love traveling so much, but I also just really love being home. I love being cozy. I love not wearing makeup or putting contacts in or even having to like get fully dressed for the day. So I do love being home, but I think, you know, when I really think about this, wherever I know this sounds cheesy, wherever my husband and my dog are like that's home. So I don't care if it's a thousand miles away for where I currently am or whether it's literally right here. I, I think that's 
that's just where I like to be, where I feel safe. And I just need to give the listeners like a little nugget that right now Cassie is wearing a tank top with a beautiful stencil of her dog's face. So just needed to let everyone know so you can like totally capture the Cassie vibe, which is amazing. So, okay. Thank you for answering that. I love it. Who, okay. Did you order that for yourself? Did someone else get that for you? I have to know. So to make a very long story short, I have a very talented graphic designer friend who surprised me with this. Like lit- literally it's like my dog logo. I mean, it's, it's his name and the bandana on the design. It's and so really she, cute. yeah, it's adorable and I love it. So she surprised me with it for my birthday. Love it. I think I'm going to, I might, I might need one of those with Harper's just like head on it. I would wear it all the time for sure. I get compliments from everyone. I'm like, so you're a dog person. We can be friends. Like it's a good icebreaker. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Okay. So tell us what is one of your favorite nuggets or verses related to what we're going to be talking about today? Okay. It might not seem super connected on the onset, but I promise it is. Um, it's been one of my favorite quotes for as long as I can remember by Maya Angelou. And it's people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. I love it. It's been, it's, it's actually in my high school yearbook as my favorite quote too. So like this has been with me for over a decade at this point. But like I said, I think as we talk more today, you'll see why I chose that. Um, but I think that's just a good one to live by. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Okay. So tell us why do you feel that? So what we're going to be talking about is health and social media and how those are related and a bunch of different little tangents about those things, but tell us why this is so important to you. And this may even pour into our next question about your journey, but tell us why this feels so important to you. Okay. So I feel like I have kind of two lanes to go down here. And and when we talk about health, um, one of the reasons that that is something that's so important to me is because I feel like, well, first of all, I've had my fair share of like medical weirdness (laughs) to to put it simply um, over the years. But I feel like health is something that we really take for granted until we don't have it. And then, you know, there are so many things we decide on a daily basis that can either help our health or hurt our health. And again, we don't really realize it because they're adding up all these decisions. These little things are adding up and making a difference in our lives. And I think for me talking about health, one makes other people feel less lonely because we often feel so alone in our health struggles, but two also can help people realize like, Oh, the decisions I do make add up, they're cumulative, they matter. And you know, maybe sharing my stories about different struggles I've had in the past or different things that hurt me in the past can help avoid someone go through similar pain. And so for me, that's why I I really believe in speaking about it. Cause I think we have a lot to learn from each other. Um, and so I, I think for me, you know, there's this new term they're using of life expectancy and then health expectancy. And it's like, yeah, we might live to be a hundred, but if we're miserable, those last 30 years, what is the point? And so for me, it's, it's really talking about how we can feel our best every day. And if we add a couple of days to our life, great. But like, that's what matters to me is helping people feel their best. Cause when you feel your best, you can be your best. You can, you know, contribute more to the world and the people around you. And so, um, for that, I think that's why it's so important now for the social media part that kind of comes into this. 
I read a book years ago about, um, I think it's by Bronnie Ware, but I would have to double check. It's the top five regrets of the dying. Love that book. And, you know, it talks about when you're on your deathbed and you're looking back, what are you, you know, what are you thinking? What do you regret? What are you happy about? And in this book specifically, what do you regret? And I think this is a bold statement. I think social media is going to replace the previous generations. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I think our generation is going to be the generation that looks back and goes, I wish I would have wasted less time looking at other people's lives. And I think there are so many hours of our day and our weeks that we spend on these platforms and we have literally nothing to show for it, but everything to lose because of it, less memories with loved ones, being less present with them, making them feel less valued. And that's kind of where it comes back to that quote of like, people forget what you said on social media and what you did on social media, but people in your life are not going to forget how you made them feel. So when you check your phone in the middle of a dinner, like that's a problem. Um, and so I guess for me, I, I think it's important to talk about because I don't want to be one of the people on that list that regret how much they worried about what other people thought that they never talked to on an app that brought them more stress than joy. I'm so excited to dive into all of this with you. And I love <laughs> that point that you just made feels so huge of instead of, I wish I would have worked less that for our generation feeling like it's going to be, I wish I would have spent less time looking at what other people are doing, or I can imagine just consuming content, right? Yeah. Cause it's like, some of it is about what other people are doing. And then some of it is just consuming funny things and this and that. And it's like, right. And yeah. I think when we look at when we, and I'm sure we'll touch on this, but it's that idea of Something that always pops into my brain is we don't notice it in the moment, right? So it's like, okay, say that we spend two to three hours at night. That's like our decompression space of I'm just going to scroll. That's my evening thing. I do that for two to three hours. When we look at that, add it up over the course of a week, I can, I can do math. I'm only halfway through my coffee, but two times seven. Okay. So that's, let's say 14 hours. And then let's say that over the course of a month, right? I'm going to say roughly 60. I'm not trying to do that actual math, roughly 60 hours in the month. And then where my brain goes from there is what could I have done with 60 freaking hours? What skill could I have learned? What type of hobby could I have? I could have built a model plane of some kind. I'm sure I could have quilted a dress, like I, you know, a quilt a dress, but you, you know what I mean? Like there, what could I have done with that time when we actually are willing to zoom out and realize how much time is actually getting spent there? And what could we do? That's actually more valuable, more fulfilling for us with that time. Amen. I, yes. I'm like, I wish I kind of wish we were recording this because I was like doing praise hands. I'm nodding like so aggressively because yes. I mean, if you think about that in that one month that you had just said 60 hours is more than a work week, think about what you accomplish in a work week. What could, what could you do? And then, you know, to the other point of this, even if it's not about like hobby or learning or productivity, the people around you last night, my husband and I were like comparing our, uh, reels feeds, like trying to see like how they cater to you to show us. Cause we're just so interested in like how they do this. And it was like maybe 10 minutes. We were just comparing back and forth. And then we both started to get sucked in. And 
I looked up for a brief second and I saw my dog, like looking at both of us at the end of the bed. And I was like, what are, I literally tapped him like, look past your phone for a second. What are we doing? And we both immediately put them down and went and played with the dog. Like, really? Like there's so many little things we miss, whether it's our dog or our kids or whatever, because we're so engrossed in these, like you said, 10 second silly videos that like, do you even remember what you watched four days ago? They don't matter. It's crazy. Mm. Okay. I'm so excited. We're talking about this. I hope everyone feels like it's like a loving, a loving, honest hug and not too, <laughs> because I feel like we're going to probably get into, some, yeah, it just, I feel like it can feel kind of like a personal attack. Sometimes you're like, oh gosh. Okay. I feel person, you know, like just feeling really convicted because this is so real. And for every one of us, like none of us are exempt from this. I, I brought Cassie onto this episode to talk about this because she has some amazing experience and definitely some wisdom to share with us. We are all human. We all struggle with this. And I currently have been showing up more on Instagram for business. I set that intention. And so now I'm struggling with all these things in a different way, all over again, trying to figure out how do I set healthy boundaries? So you are not alone. You are not alone, but that's why we're here talking about it. So, okay. Tell us a little bit about, can we stick with the social media since we're already here? Is that okay? Or tell us about, okay. Tell us, tell us more about what your experiences look like related to the social media detox that you kind of shared with me, maybe what led into that. And even if that touches on the health piece, but tell us what led you to kind of start taking a social media detox. What made you want to do that? Give us a little bit more info about that. Yeah. Um, so gosh, I can list a thousand reasons why I wanted to do it, but I think really the, I've done detoxes before they've been shorter and they've been less intense. So I detox from business, social media, but I'd allow myself to do personal. But this time I set the intention of zero social media. Like even if someone sent me a video that happening on Facebook, I told them I would open it in January. So I did this detox December, 2022. And I was like, I'll open that in January. That was how crazy I was being about this, like really strict. And this time around though, really kind of what led into this is I was diagnosed with a gastrointestinal autoimmune disease last year. And it kind of took me by surprise because I'm someone who eats really well. I'm very health conscious. If you are on my social media for like five minutes, you will see so many health stories explained. I had a tumor from birth control that kind of led me into like looking more into all the things we put in our bodies. And I take really, really good care of myself. I thought, um, but amongst all the things that I was doing to bring myself into remission naturally with this autoimmune disease, I saw a naturopath. I saw, you know, a chiropractor. I was changing my diet. They also brought to my attention that stress could be playing a pretty big role in this. And I was a little bit surprised by that. So I'm like, all right, I found a therapist and I was like, look, I don't really feel that stressed. Life is good. I'm really happy. And then she humbly educated me on invisible stress and stress that feels so normal. We wouldn't really categorize it in the same way we would if like say our car broke down or something like that, that feels like obviously stressful. And so we started to uncover some of those sources of stress. Some were past traumas that we were working through. Um, and it just kind of made me more aware of stress in my life in general, that maybe I didn't think of as stress before. And when I thought about social media, 
I like you, Devaney, use it a lot for my business. So I just kind of kept justifying that I had to use it to grow that business and that I really had no other options. So I'm stuck. I might as well just keep going. And the more I thought about it, I went, okay, yeah, I use it for business. I post, but then I also get sucked into like the non-toxic, never good enough rabbit hole on my personal account. And I realized how much that was impacting my, my mental health of never feeling like I was doing well enough and always feeling there was something new. I was learning that like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that either. And what I realized is the stress, stress of trying to be healthy was actually making me sicker. And I know much like we talked about on my podcast that my mental health was suffering in the form of like, you know, comparing and imposter syndrome. And that's something a lot of business owners struggle with, or even non-business owners, you know, on social media. And I think I just wanted to see what it would be like to not even think about it for a month and just to kind of be blissfully ignorant to social media culture, no professional use, no personal use, just me kind of slowing down and really being present with myself and the people around me. And I felt like December was like the perfect fit because it was right around the holidays when I'd be around more of my family. So yeah, that's the roundabout way of saying, I realized how stressed it made me and I wanted to take a break from it. Okay. So tell us, tell us about what came afterwards. Tell us about how that experience was for you. Maybe how hard it was, maybe what it looked like during anything that came up and then what it looked like when you came back to it. Like what are some of the ahas or like, what are some of the fruit of that time for you? Okay. So I want to be really honest because when I first started this detox, the first like four days, I want to say, I felt so isolated and so lonely. I work from home. So most of my interaction on a daily basis took place via social media, especially in the winter. There's not a lot of people hanging out outside. Like that, that was my interaction. So I felt like very secluded and I would say like five or six days in the strangest thing happened. I was walking my dog again. I live in Wisconsin. So for those of you who have lucky weather States, I want you to keep in mind that I am talking, I'm walking my dog in like 30 degrees or below weather. And I'm dancing on this walk with my dog, just full of happiness. And I'm like, what is this? Like who, like you gotta be some kind of happy to be dancing in 30 degree weather while walking your dog through like piles of snow. And I, I just felt lighter. And that kind of stuck with me for the, the following weeks. And then the loneliness started to subside. I would say like week two, because people that I was closest to that normally would just send me DMS or, uh, you know, watch stories, things like that. They were sending me text messages, checking in or calling. And it actually felt like closer connection and deeper connection than I was getting on social media. And so it wasn't that I was actually lonely. It's just that my circle almost got smaller to the most vital relationships that I could put more time into because I wasn't distracted trying to keep up with 50 different conversations. Um, and so again, I just had so much more free time. And then I finally started my podcast that I had been putting off for two years because I wasn't comparing myself to others 24 seven anymore. And I, I didn't know what anyone else was up to. And I was kind of in this bubble where I could do more of the things that made me happy. And I will say, I also kind of challenged myself to not take social media away and replace it with TV. It was really important to me because it's the same kind of consumption behavior. And so for me, like, I think I colored in coloring books that month. Like I got a little craftier. I did things that were very analog 
And like I said, I, I will admit at the beginning, I was very bored. I felt very naked when it came time to filling those little moments of downtime, but I was so much more productive. I felt so much lighter. And then by the end of the detox, I truly dreaded going back to social media. Like it, it filled me with anxiety to know that January one, I technically could go back. And I didn't until I think January three, I was like, no, I this yeah, I dreaded it. So that's kind of how the detox itself went. It was like this progression. So incredible. And I think that, so a couple different pieces I'm hearing are deeper connections, right? More texts, more calls. And, and I wonder too, something I've been hearing a lot from people is just feeling overstimulated. And so I can imagine, is that something that you noticed of like, maybe the mind was just able to start kind of quieting a bit more or just feeling less overstimulated at all? Oh, hundred percent. And I think that's why I got so anxious thinking about coming back because again, we don't realize how many times actually I have a challenge for you. Cause this is really funny. Move your social media app on your phone to a different screen or a different bubble or a different thing and see how many times you go and accidentally open a different app because you don't realize how subconsciously you just grab your phone and do that. I moved mine one time and I kept opening Pandora, which is like the worst app to keep opening because it's like, it's loud, but all these little moments of downtime, I would just grab it and do that. And I think through the detox, I started to get to a point where I was a lot more comfortable and I'm someone who already feels pretty comfortable sitting in silence. I sit in silence most of the day. But I became way more comfortable with a slower pace. Like we are not meant to shift thought as quickly as we do when we're on social media or online in general. And I think I got more comfortable with the natural rhythm of life after the first couple of weeks. So huge. And I think that's one of the first things that I hear when people are like, I have a really hard time concentrating or I feel really overstimulated is I'm like, yeah, we can go deeper and we can see if, you know, what else is going on. But my first, you know, one of the first thoughts that I, thoughts that I have is like, that's just, that's also our culture. So how much of that is we have trained the brain by being on social media so often changing thoughts so often getting all of these dopamine hits so quickly, so frequently Of course you go to sit down and look at, you know, a work project and you can't concentrate on reading the instructions or sit longer than 10 minutes or, you know, Mm -hmm. so I think this is just so, so huge. And I wanted to just point out a couple things you mentioned in case people are curious about maybe trying out something like this for themselves. So you mentioned being really intentional with not just replacing it with another like very similar behavior. But what I I love about that is we, we do want to, we do to set ourselves up for success, want to have other things ready for those moments. Like you want to have other things because yeah, how often do we just pick it up in those little down moments and, or, okay, you're done with dinner. Now, what do you do for the next hour, two hours, however long before you're actually going to go to sleep? So like setting yourself up for success with what are some things that I want to replace it with instead of, okay, I'm just not going to do that. And then we're just going to try, you know, to do our Mm -hmm. best. So I love that you said coloring. There's so many adult coloring books out there reading. Do you have any other suggestions, anything else that was helpful? Reading was a big one. Actually, I totally forgot about it until you just brought that up. I cruised. I think I read like eight books. I just 
I mean, I oh went for it and, and like, yeah, some could argue that's also a form of consumption, but I think that it's more of an active uh, process. You have an imagination that you're creating out of these characters versus like having everything laid out for you. But anyways, um, reading was good. Um, my husband and I played a lot more board games. Like we bought Boggle, I think, and he hates, he hates that. I crush him every time. So he's like, he really hates Boggle, but we played that. We played specifically Boggle. Boggle. Because you're so good. Okay. Yeah. He's like, you're making that word up and I'll define it for him. And he'll be like, you're make you, you're just lucky. I'm like, I'm lucky that I could define a word that you looked up and verify whatever. Anyway. So we played like battleship. We played all these like old games that we loved growing up and spent a lot more time doing that. I will say I wasn't good about setting uh, those things up ahead of time. I didn't think through it. I didn't think about how I might fill the time. So that I think that is a really good tip to not be tempted to fall into something, but I really think it can be so simple. You could start baking more. Maybe you'll get really into cooking or exploring recipes. Like I I did that a little bit too. I had more time to make more fun meals. So I think it's really just a lot of time you can come back to what you liked as a kid, because when we had more freedom, like I loved coloring as a kid. I loved drawing like clothing designs and things like that. So I think start to reflect on what you really liked doing as a kid. And if it seems like it might be something you'd enjoy again now, go back to it. Cause we just get too serious when we get older and we feel like we always have to be productive. And I just don't think that that's like, sometimes just creating for the sake of creating actually makes us more productive. So I don't know. I love that so much. And I think too, something else that you mentioned, oh, something I wanted us to touch on was I love that you said it can be really simple, right? Let's, let's allow it to be simple. That's actually a literal intention I set for this week was letting things be simpler. I'm a natural and great overcomplicator. So working on that, but what I, I love this idea of how can we keep this simple? And when I've, when I've helped people with this before, something we've looked at and even what I'm working on, you know, in my own stuff right now too, is like, literally at night, just going and setting it on my nightstand before or setting it somewhere else where you are not going to have access to it, to your phone for a couple hours. Um, but even asking yourself, like, what's a really small way that I could try to do this. And that could just be, okay, I'm not going to go on until 8am, right? Start small. That's okay. Or maybe it's a nighttime thing where I'm going to, you know, turn it off, put it away at nine 30. And then the last 30 minutes of my night, I'm reading or coloring or so be willing to start small, I think is really huge. And that it, you know, can be, I think really amazing and brave to do a whole 30 day, but, but we don't have to start, you know, that big, but I do think it can be really helpful, honestly, to just rip the bandaid off for a long period of time. Cause you see the fruit of it like that. Yeah. So here's where I'm, ugh, your listeners are going to hate me. Um, Cause I get, I like <laughs> starting small is good, but I read one of the books I read while I was doing my detox was digital minimalism by Cal. It's been Newport, on my list. Yes. It's been on my list for years and I have not read it yet. So the problem is, oh, how do I speak about something? I'm not like really fully qualified to speak about. I'm just going to do my best here and you can help me do, feeling good. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Social media is a lot like, like a, an addiction. Um, for a lot of us. And we, like you mentioned earlier, dopamine hits like social media was designed 
to literally keep us hooked. They make money the longer you're there because you see more ads. There's, there's so much incentive for them to keep you on the app. One of the things they mentioned in the book is that Facebook used to do uh, blue notifications when someone commented or something, and no one was really paying a lot of attention to them. So they started tapping into our desire as people to be like alerted to things and be in the know. And so they made it red because it was more eye-catching and engaging. And so then we would be more concerned about those. And you know, we have that behavior going against us. And there was another one they described about how literally the action of pulling down your screen to refresh emails or social media is like a slot machine. And we never know when we're going to be rewarded with something new showing up, whether it's a notification, a new email, et cetera. And so they're like, it's wiring into this, this behavior of ours where we like rewards as humans, but what we like more than rewards that are guaranteed is random rewards we're really motivated by random rewards because it feels even better when they show up. So when we get that comment or that like on something, we're like really pumped. And so we basically become these little like slot machine addicts of when is my next notification going to come? And so while yes, starting small is helpful. I have done small detoxes for the last two years. I don't go on social media on the weekends. I try to stay off of it after a certain point at, you know, at night I've done those things, but really doing 30 full days takes you completely out of this culture and this wiring that we've been literal detox. Yeah. It actually is helpful versus like, again, if we're going to talk about it, like gambling, like the slot machine, actual slot machine, like telling someone not to go hit the slots if they're addicted to it for nights and weekends, isn't really addressing the issue. (laughs) We're just putting parameters on when they can gamble. And so if you're someone who like really feels like there's a lot of stress being caused by social media, or you're subconsciously depending on it a lot, you keep opening that app. I really do think there's a lot of power in taking, whether it's a week, two weeks, you know, again, I saw some of my biggest changes the second week of my detox. I do think there is benefit in taking a bigger chunk of time away. So I'm sorry. Okay. You heard it here. You heard it here, everybody. It needs to be like Cassie's suggestion, which I think is so amazing though. And I think makes so much sense where it literally is. It's a detox. It's it's just like imagining when people do the Daniel fast or right. They don't do the Daniel fast on the weekends and nights. They do it for, right. It's 21 days. I think so. 21 days. So yeah. Allowing it's like allowing the brain and the body to genuinely detox out of those addictive behaviors. And to, like you mentioned earlier, slowing down the rhythm, slowing, right. All of these incredible things. And then I can, what I can imagine too, is that I almost like when I think about for myself, what I would want this to look like is that I don't know how often, but every now and then doing a genuine, like however many weeks detox. And then between those points, creating really healthy boundaries of like, you know, I'm only using social media between these times on these days, but then still periodically doing the detox, I think allows us to take that zoom out, get detached again right? Really look at how this is impacting your life from that 30,000 foot view, which I think is really necessary. I'm so glad you said that. And I think especially if you've never done a detox before or haven't done a longer social media detox, I think that would be so helpful to gain the most 
you know, the most perspective and detachment from it too. I'm so glad you said that. And I will say too, cause I know if I were listening to this, I'd be like, well, I'm not addicted and that's fair. Like you may not be, but I also want to challenge that. Like even creating a new habit, they say takes about 21 days. So even if it's, this is just a bad habit you've got going on. Like, I think, I think having that separation, like you said, that 30,000 foot view is invaluable. Yeah. I think this genuinely could be one of those things that when you do that, I feel like it can be life-changing. Like when you genuinely see this thing that has become so ingrained in your daily life and how you spend your time and energy, and we just don't realize how it impacts how we see ourselves, how we see life, how we see what we're doing. And then we're not even going to go into the algorithms. It's like, you know, like curating content around certain topics and belief systems. And, you know, it's like, it's so impactful. And it almost feels like when we are willing to take that social media detox, it's you saying, I'm taking my life back. I'm taking my focus, my energy, my time back and coming back to that time piece of like, what would I, what could I do with an extra 60 hours a month? That's two hours a night. That's just two hours a night. Okay. So yes, the time hundred percent agreed. But I think when we're talking about resources, another thing I think people would genuinely save is money. And I know this sounds weird, but there is so much consumption that happens because of social media, because we feel like we have to get the latest new thing. And I'm not really much of a shopper, but I will tell you, I felt so much more content with my life. What I currently had during this detox, because I'm not seeing the latest fat. I'm not seeing like everyone has a Stanley now. So now my old, you know, stainless steel cup is, it's not cool enough. It's shaped almost identically, but doesn't say Stanley. So it must be not as good. And like as much as you could laugh at this and be like, that's not me. I'm not that kind of person. We all are. We all want to be a part of the group. We want to be doing what other people are doing. We want to feel included. And so I think there is a level of consumption literally like physically that happens because of social media as well. And I just didn't feel like I had to keep up with the Joneses that month. I felt so grateful for all the things that were in my space, in my, my life at that point, whether it be physical, tangible things or people, but yeah, I just think there's a level of contentment that happens too. Amazing. Okay. So we are going to encourage you friend to just kind of pause here and ask yourself, maybe you even pause the podcast and ask yourself, what am I, am I feeling led to take any action here? If I was to detox, maybe what would I want that to look like? What are some benefits that Cassie has shared that are maybe standing out that I'm curious about investing in or wanting to create more of for my life? Just take a minute and actually let it soak in of like what this could look like, how this might benefit you. Um, Cassie, do you have any other thoughts, resources, recommendations, anything else around this that you want to share? If people are like, Oh, I don't know. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of how to make these as succinct as possible. So I will say as much, and I, I want to humble myself here for a second. Cause you said at the beginning, like, there's going to be a lot of people that listen to this and like, we're all human. When I came back, I was really good for about the first month about holding those boundaries. And I'll share one thing that really helped me with that. So you guys can implement it as well. But 
I kind of fell back into this rhythm of having to show up for my business, then falling back into it for personal. It was always like my, I have to do this for business. So I have to be here thing, even though this year I've created a lot less content for my business on social media, because I'm you know, trying to do this through other ways. So I don't have to spend as much time on there. I'm still consuming a lot. So I want to just say that like, I'm not perfect either, which is why I think what you said before these regular detoxes is really important because taking that good chunk of time away reminds us why we're doing it and how much better it can feel. Um, I had really good boundaries before the detox, no nights, no weekends, basically. And I still fumble those every once in a while. I set app limits on my phone, which I would highly recommend that sometimes I still manually override, which is embarrassing. It's like, okay, you've hit your limit. Well, I did the same thing. Yeah. It's like, you're eating cookies. You're like, I'm full. And it's like, but it's so good. I want another one. Like, and then you're sick to your stomach. Like, that's how I feel like sometimes I get with social media. And so I just want to say that, like, you don't have to be perfect to make a difference in your life with this. You just need to be intentional and aware, and you need to be willing to call yourself out when you see that you're slipping back into consuming way too much. And so I just wanted to say that first. Um, But in terms of doing this and really sticking to it and resources there, first off, you have to decide that you actually want to do this. I want to say that because just like social media encourages us to do things that we feel like we should to do, like we should have a 20 step morning routine, which no one's going to stick to for more than three days. Like you need to do it because you actually care about it. And so really assess and get really clear on what you want things to look like, why you want them to look that way and making changes because it, it matters to you. Not because you feel like you have to, to hit some arbitrary level of success as an adult or human being. Um, and so that's step one. Don't, don't allow any stress in just get really clear about why it matters to you. And then I would say from there, uh, one book I read recently as well was Atomic Habits. And in that book, they talk about disciplined people. And I always considered myself a very disciplined person. So setting my intention of 30 days off social media or 31 days, I'm like, I've got this. I made the decision. I'm doing it. But then in that book, it actually opened my eyes. It says disciplined people aren't actually usually more disciplined. They're better at setting themselves up for success. And so there are a few things that I did that I feel like helped me avoid slipping when I did this. Um, One, I told everyone I was going to be off social media for a month. And so if I did go on social media, people could call me out for it. And I didn't want to do that. Like I'd be embarrassed. So I kind of like set myself a trap. Um, I mean, it it's since it's my livelihood as well on my business page, I literally said out of office or out of social media office, like you can email me for December. So that was one thing kind of create some accountability either with a friend or just tell everybody. So you're too embarrassed to creep back in. Um, two, I moved all of my social media apps on my phone. I didn't delete them because they're, you know, you can delete your drafts and things. I didn't want to go through all of that and logging back in, but I did move them to a third screen on my phone that I would never swipe to so that I wouldn't be tempted to accidentally or subconsciously open those apps. Like I was talking about earlier with like the Pandora slip, um, which after I moved them did happen a few times. So I will say like, it's good to move them. Um, and then I think really at the end of the day, like get clear, like I said, on why this matters to you. And, and for me, it was, if I can't go 30 days without social media, I've got a bigger problem, like really. And that's kind of what I kept coming back to, but set those boundaries. If, if you're going to do a smaller snippet of this, set the app limits, there's tools in your phone to help with this. But other than that, I would say, I really, really would recommend reading digital minimalism because it is 
so eye-opening how manipulated we are by these big companies and their apps. And I think once you read that, you kind of are like, you want to like revolt against them and be like, no, I will not fall into this trap. So those are kind of my, my, my quick tips for you. And then I think what Devani said earlier about having these things set up, these alternatives set up before you try this could be really helpful as well. So yeah. I felt that I felt that revolt and rebellion when I watched the social dilemma. <laughs> I totally felt that as well. So I'm going to link some of these resources below that Cassie mentioned. So thank you so much, Cassie. I'm so excited to hear what everyone thinks. So I will drop all of the links to connect with Cassie down in the show notes. So head down there to make sure that you connect with her over on Instagram and her podcast and all the other resources will be down there as well. Thank you so much for your time, Cassie. Thanks for having me. Hey love, I hope you enjoyed this episode and a quick reminder for you. This show is for educational purposes only. Information from this show is not a substitute for mental health or medical treatment. Friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share this with a friend who you know would enjoy this or feel free to head over to Instagram and send me a message letting me know what is standing out to you or that you loved today's episode. I so appreciate you. I'm glad that you're here. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.